Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims your handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens she has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from her wedding canopy like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was served him, I carried the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This can only be sadness of the heart. Then I was much afraid. I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my ancestors' graves, lies waste, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my ancestors' grave, so that I may rebuild it. The king said to me, the queen also was sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a date. Then I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me, to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may grant me passage until I arrive in Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, directing him to give me timber to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the gracious hand of my God was upon me. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent officers of the army and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard this, 
it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassion, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Here ends the reading. When we're sure of something, it's hard to step back and kind of get out of the building, as they say. What I mean by that is sometimes it's hard to see how a mission can be completed in a way other than the one that you've imagined. Today, Paul talks about the one body having many members, and some prophesy, some exhort, some lead, some minister, um, and it's a reminder that um, not everybody has to be like us, um, and I mean that in like the singular sense, as we are thinking about our faith and how it interacts with other people of faith, sometimes we can lose sight of the necessity of outside perspectives and contrasting voices. And I mentioned that in part from yesterday, thinking about um, how military culture works and how, um, how I toy with this image of the grunt um, and you know, the kind of a peek inside the military mind. Q and I have not had this conversation, but he's a, a good example because he's in 11 Bravo. 11 Bravo is uh, the purest, most undiluted form of a grunt, I suppose. And I remember as an artilleryman, when I was, um, I started at Fort Bragg, and it was a really interesting place because I take uh, service really seriously. And the, the caricature that I had as I was getting ready to go to Hawaii was that it was like um, Major Payne or like Sergeant Bilko or something where like nobody gave a crap. And I mean, it was un- unthinkable to me that if I were an E4, an E3 would not do push-ups if I told them to. <laughs> uh, but we can get in this mindset of thinking that we have the best little idea or we're the best little uh, representation of something. Um, but Paul reminds us that there's different, there's different ways to work together to accomplish the mission. Um, and I mentioned as an artilleryman, I was always expected, and I was told this explicitly by my supervisors, artillery supervisors, that you have to prove yourself to the infantry. 
Um, on the one hand, they're your lifeline. Um, you get everything that you um, need from them. In fact, you get more than you need because if you're not kind of within the infantry structure and you're requesting something, say extra batteries or fill in the blank, um, they can kind of offload it onto you and there's there's kind of benefit, mutual benefit. Um, so they're your lifeline. They, you, when I was in Iraq, we did not see our artillery but a handful of times in 14 months or whatever it was we were there. Um, but because they're the infantry, our impression, and it wasn't always false, was that we were we were something less than those around us. And that was never hammered home more clearly than when I stood in formation in Kirkuk and I was surrounded by my entire platoon, infantry platoon, um, and the, it was a whole battalion. It was kind of stupid. I don't know why we had formation in the middle of a war zone. But we did, and all the infantrymen, 11 Bravo, 11 Charlie, 11 Alphas, right? Yeah, the officers were there. Um, they all got their combat infantrymen badge, which is like the, uh, kind of like the, it's almost like the seal of martyrdom. It's like this signifier that you um, really believe, that you've gone there, you've been through the shit, and you've come out on the other side. And um, I, I was just standing there. I had nowhere else to be. I, I remember being told, you know, it was just a formation. But as an artilleryman, 13 field, I wasn't going to get a CIB. And it was this reminder that there are different parts of the body and how we value and how we talk about these different parts, these different roles, um, had meaning. It made meaning. Um, on the one hand, um, I don't know if I felt it, but I, cert- I, I know that many of help my supervisor um, had a bit of, I don't know, penis envy, for lack of a better word, um, at the infantry. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know why he couldn't have been infantry, but he wasn't. And he always had this kind of tip on his shoulder, and he was always constantly trying to get us or, or make sure that we knew that um, we had to be better than them just to kind of, just to kind of get along or to, to um, make our way, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's tempting to believe that we have the best thing or we, we kind of know what's right and our idea is, um, is the one that's going to get us there. And we end up kind of hardening our heart if we're not careful. Um, we end up actually losing what we could gain by working collaboratively and, and being flexible in what parts of our idea or our own role uh, might play in success and whatever the mission is. And Paul, um, I think, is right um, in saying that um, we're all one body and that, that we all have a role to play as this warning against um, thinking too highly of ourselves, which can actually be, can actually influence and um, influence the mission and make it, make it harder. Thanksgiving for the diversity of races and cultures from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, who created all people in your image, we thank you for the wonderful diversity of races and cultures in this world. Enrich our lives by ever-widening circles of fellowship, and show us your presence in those who differ most from us, until our knowledge of your love is made perfect in our love for all your children. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.